Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. What? Where are we? Welcome to the- <laughs> this. Is- this is a Christmas Day one as well. So, this is episode two hundred and fifty, and I've ruined it. This is Aww. supposed to be a big one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you would think after two hundred and fifty shows, you'd know what the name of the fucking show was, Joel. I know. I've done this literally two hundred and fifty times. <laughs> you'd think by this point, I would have been able to nail the opener, but. Nope. It goes to show, doesn't it? Well, you gave it your best shot. You know what I mean? You gave it your best shot. I appreciate we could have re-recorded it, but I don't respect the listeners enough to go to that effort. No. <laughs> We're not re-recording. We are we are plowing forward. That is for sure. Uh, all, right, all right. You want to try it again? You want to try it again? No. No, we would, I mean, we can do it right now. I'm not, I'm not hitting stop, should I say. We can re-record okay. the opening, but I'm not hitting no, stop. I'm not re-recording the opening. No, they don't deserve it. Why? All right. I love it's it. Fine. It's fine. Good. good enough. You know where you're at. I, Listen, said, you, I said Super J-Cast, didn't I? Right. Right. And, you know, everything's, you know, you know where you're at. Listen, don't 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 get all high and mighty, listener. You, you're the one that pressed the button. All right? You know where you are. Right? Okay. And I do have some bad news, actually, for Uh-oh. the listeners, because unfortunately, uh, due to some politically controversial statements I've made, uh, Red Circle have removed me from Super Jcast co-hosting duties. Damon has also decided to step back in solidarity. The entire New Japan Pro Wrestling roster have also declined to be interviewed. So in lieu of analysis or interviews, we were planning to just play some highlights of the recent matches, but... TVSR have pulled the plug on that too. So today's oh. Super Jcast is just going to be one hour and 46 minutes of silence. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's thrilled with that though. <laughs> sure. uh, that's a little joke there. That's, that's me riffing off the situation in the, the UK with Gary Lineker and Match of the Day. So if you're not aware of that, then go and educate yourselves because it's quite interesting, I think. Yeah, I mean... Uh, do you, do you want me to uh, give the the synopsis of what I just learned, or would you? No, uh, yeah, you you're in the loop, David. You're you're a clued up man. You, you <laughs> know, know you went well, so international events. Yeah. So here's the situation, uh, gentlemen. Former football player. What was the guy's name? Gary Lineker. Okay. All right. Um, has tweeted out a uh, statement uh, due to uh, a policy that. Uh, I guess doesn't grant citizenship or I don't know what you got to help me there. Uh, yeah, it was uh refusing to grant asylum to people who arrive to the UK 
in small boats. Right. So the BBC got all fucking hot under the collar. Uh, and uh, the massive Tory apologists that they are. Yeah, you know. Well, listen, they're they're. It's you know, it's what do you expect? It's a government-run entity, isn't it? Um, booted the guy, and then his co-workers. It's not supposed to be government-run. Right? It's supposed to be a non-governmental organization. Really? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he could have fooled me. <laughs> All right. Um, anywho. Uh, in a great move of solidarity, solidarity is what it's all about. Sticking by your, uh, coworkers and friends. And if they're doing the right thing, of course. And then, uh, they all left, like all the other broadcasters on that show left, walked out, uh, football players and managers and coaches and all the like not speaking to them and uh, everyone else. Everyone's like, fuck you. We're sticking by our guy. And uh, the, the the show, the highlight show that they run, they uh, just decided to run highlights. Literally that no commentary to the highlights. Just how long is the show? About half an hour. Usually it's like, an hour and a half, but this oh. one was a lot shorter. I think it was just about 20 minutes. But here's the funny thing. The viewing figures were up by half a million. Like, they, they hit record numbers of viewers. I mean, it was just out of curiosity. Sure. But, or maybe it's not. Maybe people just genuinely want to watch a highlight show where there's no commentary, no interviews, and no analysis whatsoever. It's probably why people like listen to this podcast. Right, right. Let me tell you something. We don't there do any are... of those things. No, we don't. Please, we're the worst. Um... I would say that the my least favorite thing about sports are uh, is the we call them the the uh, talking head show um where they get like maybe like old coaches and old players and uh just pundits screaming at you uh, uh over sports it's the worst and they know nothing and nothing they say is ever really accurate Oh, wait a minute. I got food. My, my food has arrived. Very good. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, All right. What we got? I have uh, – we got some takeout. We got some uh, – I have a uh, bagel sandwich, egg, bacon, and cheese, uh, and a delicious half and half, uh, half lemonade, half iced tea. Delicious. Isn't there a name for that drink? Lemonade and okay, iced Arnold tea. Palmer, if I'm not mistaken. That's it. Yes. I drank a lot of Arnold Palmer during the lockdown. Now, do you know who Arnold Palmer is? Uh, he was a sex offender. No, I don't no. know who he is. Jesus. No. Not that I'm aware of. Uh, he was a uh, famous golfer. Golf. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, 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 that's going to be wrong to that. Yeah, that's it. No, he's, he's just a golfer and a bit of rustling. <laughs> like he's a fa- well, the rustling is me getting my fucking sandwich out of the bag because I'm starving. Um, how's that? Is that annoying everybody? <laughs> that's uh, some great ASMR content for the podcast. All right, right, right. for our 250th episode. <laughs> listeners rubbing their hands together. What have Joel and David got planned for this auspicious occasion? A rustling bag. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's that's that story. So uh, there you go. Um, hey, Joel, where we, where do you want to go first? Because we have a lot to cover with the newest Japan Cup. 
or the new Jakan Puck, as Kazuchika Okada accidentally called it. I know. Kenta ran with that, and now that's it. Everyone's calling it the new Jakan Puck, and we will be no different. I thought, like, rather than going match by match, because there have been quite a few matches since yes. we last spoke, I have separated this into stonks up and stonks hold slash down. Oh. It was going to be stonks up, stonks hold, and stonks down. But then I figured that would actually take longer than discussing all the individual matches. It would. So part one is going to be stonks up, and part two is going to be stonks hold slash down. So oh. It's not as catchy, but uh, hopefully it will make sense. I love it. I'm eating my burger right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so my first stop in the stonks up sphere mm-hmm. is I'd like to talk about David Finley. The oh, Rebel. Okay. Everybody needs a Rebel, David Finley, who made his uh, appearance on... I mean, who cares what that was? Basically, he beat Ishii in the first round in a match that went 80 minutes, 40 seconds. And it's, of course, notable because he came out having joined Bullet Club with Ghetto, the blacksmith, as his hype man. So, I mean, this is interesting because I, mean, I kind of feel that there might have been a more dramatic way to reveal that he was joining Bullet Club. But, I mean, as it happens, it, it's fine. I don't have a huge problem with it. It was just a little bit unusual that it was just like, he came out and like, hey, I'm in the Bullet Club now and here's Ghetto. But we got a, got a good reaction from the audience. And my biggest takeaway from this is I feel, I'm really impressed actually at how Finley settled into the role so quickly because a lot of other wrestlers, if they turn heel, it takes them a while to figure it out. If you're working a completely different style, and you know, David Finley for most of his New Japan career has been working the underdog babyface style, very sort of high energy and high intensity. And they flipping that to what he did against Ishii, I thought it was really impressive because we had a question from Arrow Meta. He said, What do you think Finley's match with Ishii says about his heel character? Do you think he's not going to rely on cheating to win like Jay did? And yeah, that was the biggest thing that struck me. Ghetto didn't interfere at all. And I know he's got the shillelagh and he's hitting people with that, but that's not happening during the matches. I mean, he might do it during the matches. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I just liked the way that I know a lot of people were saying, Oh, you know, look at the, the look with the dyed beard and dyed eyebrows and dyed hair and everything that, Oh, this is, you know, the dollar store version of Jay White. He's working a very different style. He wasn't doing the sort of cowardly uh, stalling and taking his time and get him interference. He'll work. He was, just basically bit was just very aggressive mm. and just basically beating the crap out of Ishii, which was very refreshing because usually with uh you know prominent bullet club leaders they they do lean into the the cheating in a very sort of typical style of heel work and this didn't. I thought this one really worked and I th- I think he looks good. I mean that your mileage may vary on that. A lot of people have been criticizing the look. I thought he looked good. Uh the only thing I would say that Maybe get, get on a little bit of steroids. Just a little bit. Oh, you're <laughs> encouraging. Steroids. <laughs> that's, that's, the only, that's the only thing I think are holding him back. Like, if he had, if you transposed everything, like the promo work, the in-ring work, the you know, the ability to work the crowd, all of that, but onto the physique of, I don't know, let's say, a, a Tamatonga, then i say, yeah, this guy's a nailed-on future world champion. So that's the only thing giving me pause. Because, And again, I'm not putting a value judgment on that. I think Finley looks great. If I was in charge, he would be up there. However, we know that New Japan and Bushiroad do value that sort of stuff. You know, they want their top guys to look a particular way. So again, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying if 
I, that, that's the only thing I think is missing from the list of things that we would typically associate with a tippy top guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So well, that, that's think, by the by, though. I mean, I yeah, okay, go on, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. I mean, I think you know, even even if you you feel that way, I mean, he's obviously being put in a position where uh, he's going to be a top guy. I mean, he they they're putting their chips, their stonks. Uh, uh, I don't even know what that means. Um, that's yeah, yes, he's going to be a guy. Um, and I like the fact that at least for now, Joel, it's uh, we're going to really establish him as uh, a top heel who can. Again, I always say it. The hardest thing to do is to re-educate fans into saying, okay, okay, this guy is now a guy, a guy that's been eating pins for, for seven years uh, is now a guy. So, yeah, I mean, I think he looks good. Yes, I, I kind of feel like they had – I mean, I, I guess they they did as much as they could in the time that they had I guess, I guess, maybe, maybe not. Um, at, at the very least, at the very least, at least David Finley got the last shot in laid out Jay White for him to at least in that way signify that he was taken over. Could it have been better, more drawn out, more? Of course, of course, but. Uh, what we got is what we got. I like the, I like him there. Uh, I think he, I think he's going to be very good. I, the hardest part though, Joel is going to be making sure that the, uh, re-education of fans is in line. Cause I can, I can already see the hand waving of David Fredlark. He's the leader of boom. What the fuck? You know? And, and, I don't know if that should be the case. I don't think that should be the case because it's quite evident that he can and he will be a top guy. Yeah, I was also really impressed by his character work, his promo work as well, because he's, you know, we touched on this after Battle in the Valley, but he seems to be tapping into real life resentment about everything that's happened to him over the last few years. And maybe I'm doing him a disservice there. Maybe he's actually really happy and this is all him acting and projecting. But I think the the most compelling heel work, heel character work comes from when you can sort of dig deep into a real life feeling that you've got or a real life experience. And it just, it's coming across very believable, very natural for David Finley. So I think he's doing a, a tremendous job there. And there's also been a lot of interesting stuff following that uh, tension with El Fantasmo. So, ELP's not very happy about David Finley suddenly appearing out of nowhere to seemingly take over Bullet Club. He's not happy about the way Jay White was treated. So Phantasma was saying that they were just going to let Jay White be the first person to just sort of leave Bullet Club, you know, walk into the sunset on their own terms and that Finley ruined that. So there's definitely something brewing there. And, you know, it seems that the end game is going to be David Finley uh, ejecting El Phantasma from Bullet Club. It seems pretty obvious, but I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. You know, sometimes the the most obvious option is the right option, and I think it's the one that makes sense yeah. in the story. So, you know, there might be some swerves in, along the way. I would do a swerve for a swerve's sake. I think it's a 
a story that makes sense. You know, we talked about ELP last week and how you know, the crowd are you know, really into it at the moment. And he's the, the fans in Corican Hall were sort of split chanting. Like, actually, I think there were more fans chanting ELP than there were chanting Naito at one point. Yeah. Uh, they, little kids getting into him, you know, throwing up the two sweet. There was a hilarious moment during one of these undercar matches. I forget which one it was, but uh, on when El Fantasmo was making his way back down the ramp after the match, he there was a, a little boy dropped the two sweet and El Fantasmo was about to two sweet him. And then this kid's mum was like leaned over and was just making these sort of very agitated hand just just like no 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 don't don't too sweet this man don't trust him <laughs> it's extremely funny uh, that was probably the most dramatic moment of the entire tour but uh yeah so i mean we're definitely going somewhere with finley and elp which i think could be a, a great feud a really exciting series of singles matches and he would have thought we'd be saying that three years ago so uh, I, I say well done for the elevation of david finley uh he's got great o'con in the next rounds do you think he's getting past o'con because i yeah. said yes yeah me too I mean, I think he, I, he has to be in at least. I think he has to be. He could lose the final, uh, but does it? Does he have to be in the final? I think so. I think yeah. a good spot. Like traditionally, we do this thing where the loser of the New Japan Cup final is the Don Taku challenger, and historically, Don Taku has been the big Bullet Club event. So I think. If I had the gun to my head, I'd say Finley loses in the final, but then challenges uh, presumably Okada, and then maybe we get Finley versus Okada at Dontaku with a big, you know, the, the Bullet Club shenanigans event. Right. Do you? I, I mean, you know the the temperature of uh, the the our Discord channel, which is uh, always a very popular place, uh, and the general online. Pro wrestling, New Japan style uh, feedback. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Um, what's the what's the temperature? What what's everybody feeling about David Finley being the leader of Bullet Club? I think people are a bit tired of Bullet Club in general. Well, yes, and sort of recycling the same thing of oh, here's a you know guy with greasy dark hair who's wearing black leather and he's the leader of this foreign heel faction. And I get that. The people who have been following the product closely over the last couple of years and seen the rise of David Finley and seen how great he's been in the, the big spots that he's been given, uh, acknowledge that he deserves it. And they, they're excited by it and looking forward to seeing what's around the corner. The people who don't watch, you know, the, the usual suspects who just the, like the impression you did several minutes ago. Well, David Finley is the leader of the book. I think people who have actually been watching it and watching David Finley are pleased that he's finally getting a chance. Okay, that's fair. Um, cause, because the one thing that I know, or at least I remember, is you know when his dad was kind of going on and on about you know his son going, and everybody was talking WWE and blah blah blah. And this might be a different David Finley, but I don't remember a lot of people being like, okay, we need to hang on to this guy. <laughs> you know, he's the future. If I'm not mistaken, a lot of people were like, oh, all right, shoulder shrug. That's that. Yeah, <laughs> no big deal. Do you remember that really weird match he had with Jay White on, yeah. I can't remember, Resurgence, whatever shirt it was, which just got the sort of opposite sort of heat that I think they wanted 
where people were sort of cheering Jay White and booing David Finley. And I think it came off the back of an interview where the, the upshot of the interview, it just came across that Finley was, had his sights set on WWE. And I don't know if he meant that, that could have been taken out of context, but the prevailing opinion, including from me, was that, oh, this guy's just, you know, counting down the clock till he can go to NXT. But either there was a change in his mentality or we were just completely mistaken about that. Yeah. It just could be a case of patience. You know, he, he stuck around long enough, waiting for the right guys to move on. And then he was like, hey, I'm still here. He proved himself in the big matches that he'd had in the various tournaments and, and title challenges. And they decided to give him the ball and he's running with it. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a big big part of being successful in New Japan, being in the right place at the right time. Well, yeah. And, and also, you know, that, that can work against him uh, or anyone. Wasn't he, and I may not, be 100% accurate on this. So so take this with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, wasn't he one of the guys that was involved with a lot of the chaos, and I don't mean the faction, uh, surrounding around getting guys in during COVID and he couldn't leave or some shit or he caught COVID before he was tested to go on the plane or some shit like that? Like I kind of remember him being involved in that. I don't remember. I couldn't tell you with any certainty. I mean, I I had questions at the time about why is this guy not in Japan? Why is he not getting involved in events that they were bringing other people over for? But that would just be pure speculation on my behalf. As well. All right. uh, 3-0 Arsenal, by the way. Yeah, we are playing extremely well. We, we're playing Fulham off the park. So eat shit, Tony Khan. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mac says, will Finley be the breakout New Japan start of 2023? So, I mean, what do you think is the ceiling for this new iteration of David Finley this calendar year? Well, I am. He's going, or he is the leader of Bullet Club, which still is a money-making, important storyline in the mix all the time faction because what they usually do they you know they they would give that guy a cup of coffee with the IWGP title the top title to say hey this guy's serious he's a threat so I said look I I wouldn't you know if they do go ahead and do this thing where he's challenging at Don Taku I would be you know raising an eyebrow at that that could very well be the point where they think hey you know we want people to take this guy seriously he's going to have a you know one or two month run with a belt Wow. I, I mean, I'm just kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's there for the taking, I guess. Could you believe anyone saying that a year ago? Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? But yeah, like I said, you know, if you, you stick around long enough and wait for the pieces to fall in the right place, then it's, uh, it's all about timing and, David Finney seems to have tied everything to perfection. Yeah. Um, boy, I don't know. Why am I having such a, such a fucking struggle with that one? I'm having a struggle with that because he's one. not doing enough steroids? Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> All right. Get him on the gas. Um, I, yeah. I mean, once again, I'll say it again. I'm not going to say it again. You know what I'm going to say. The fucking... Re-education is hard, um, but that's going to I, that's going to happen. And being a the, the 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 top of the mountain when it comes to Bullet Club, 
I mean, it does put it, it, it does make it seem as if he, if, if he doesn't, he would be, correct me if I'm wrong, the only leader to not, aside from like Finn Balor, of course, or, you know. Who would have got there? I mean, if he'd stuck around yeah. another year. Ballot absolutely would have got there. But yeah, it ties into an interesting question from Lewis here. Has there ever been a faction in New Japan that has had the most leaders in their timeline? Bullet Club is up to five if Finley is to take up the lead role. So yeah, I kind of think, you know, if he, 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 well, it looks like he is Bullet Club leader. And if you don't put the belt on him within a certain time frame, then people start asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. Again, Kenny, AJ, uh, who else? <laughs> What's we? Uh, Jay. Jay. Uh, I mean, there is a bit of a pattern here, right? I, that, I, I, I. Again, I don't know why I'm having such a difficult time, kind of picturing him as the top of the mountain. But you can't ignore the fact that he's that's that's the, the that's the path of a leader of Bullet Club. So uh, <laughs> you might be you, you might be on to something. I'm telling you, you might be on to something because uh, all this has all the makings of it. It really does. It has all the makings of it. And. I I I am concerned, a little bit concerned, just again because of that idea of that guy's the world champion, that guy, and again they might not be as into the product as we are, and we can see the development, and we can see where you know okay yeah I mean he's 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 a worthy person for that role I just wow I just I never thought I would see the day I really didn't I never thought I would see the day but here we are and I'm going to be honest I kind of dig it kind of dig it like I like I I he's he's homegrown talent he's done his time uh I I do kind of hope he gets it because He's a guy that has worked extremely hard for this opportunity, um, his biggest of his career. And if that's the path, all right, I'm down. I'm down. Now, I'm down with the asterisk of, all right, let's make this work. And so far, I think he has. Um, but, yeah, I like it. Right, my next person who is stonks up is one Kyle Fletcher. Yes. Who won his first round match, defeating Yoshihashi in 20 minutes, 6 seconds with the Grimstone Piledriver, and then lost his second round match to Hiroki Goto, also 20 minutes, 43 seconds via GTR. So he's out of the tournament, but stonks very much raised. And I talked about him before. He had that big match at Tamashi against Robbie Eagles, where he got a big win there. And this guy, he is you got to keep your eye on him. I spoke before about how Tanahashi kind of handpicked this guy and uh, said that he's going to be the future. And that's, you know, a hell of a seal of approval. And if there is one sure tell that 
they've got big plans for a white guy is when they start packing on a load of muscle, which is exactly what Carl Fletcher is doing. I mean, comparing him to how he looked a few years ago, it's night and day. And again, no value judgment on that, but that is what New Japan like. That is what Bushiroad like. So this guy's 24 years old. This Yoshihashi match, that was his first singles match in Japan, his first New Japan Cup match. And he beat Yoshihashi, which, you know, might not seem a lot, but this is a champion. It's a title holder who's been there for 10 years. Yep. And that, I thought, was a fantastic match. Had great energy, great fire. Uh, and the Goto match also, I thought, was terrific. And he got the crowds in Shiga. Sorry, no, let me get this exactly right. This is the Shiga Prefectural Cultural Industry Community House <laughs> event hall. The fans inside that famous building chanting Aussie Arrow, yeah. which... You know, not for nothing, as you like to say. That that means something. He's already made this crowd connection. And um, I've said before, just sort of glancing at him, often I mistake him for Will Ospreay, even if Will Ospreay's not in the match. It's, right. like, it's like looking at 2017 Will Ospreay. And also a lot of the sort of stylistic, like the mannerisms, the way he moves, remind me of a, a younger Kenny Omega as well. So I just think the sky's the limit for this guy. The company are obviously very high on him. He's already connected with the fans. And I just think of that connection he has with Osprey and that sort of played into the match with Robbie Eagles and Tomashi that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. That seems to be a nailed-on future sort of generational passing of the torch feud where Osprey will be the guy to, you know, finally put over Kyle Fletcher. You know, it might take him three or four attempts. You know, we'll probably get the usual New Japan booking trope of every time they meet in singles action with Osprey beating him like a drum but then you know eventually where we get the moment where the you know the, the uh, mentee overcomes the mentor like Carl Fletcher versus Will Ospreay that that's going to be a thing isn't it I think so and I hope so and 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 you are a thousand percent right like to me he I mean just google it you know what I mean like do an image search uh, and compare photos and like the body transformation is quite amazing. Actually, um, he is, he, he's young, um, super talented, great look, great uh, in ring. Um, I, I think he's Good promo already. Yes. Great. Yes. Look, if, 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 if you're looking for a, uh, I, what I think is a, an easy bet in the future uh, star, I, 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 I'm putting my money on him. Um, there's 24. Yeah. It's only 24. That's mad. And he's had great matches, you know, obviously before, you know, before 24. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. It is. It is crazy how good he is for 24 when you consider Okay, you know, usually 30s is when um, pro wrestlers really start to fucking find their groove. <laughs> he's found a groove and and he's 24. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's still more to go. There's more to there's there's more bloom on that tree. It's it's an yeah, he, he and he's putting in the effort, you know, as you can see with the, um, the way that he. I'm t- he was a skinny kid. He was a skinny kid, and he ain't a skinny kid anymore. And I and I hate to harp on on the body thing, but yes, yeah, it's 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 a tell. 
you know, it's a tell. Yes, I, I definitely see a bright singles future for him. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm in on that stonk. Okay, next person who is stonks up for me is one Aaron Hanare, who won his uh, first round match against Shingo Takagi in Shingo's hometown, no less. Shingo's first main event in his hometown. Fucking great match. I mean, they beat the piss out of each other. I think Hanare has got low-key some of the, the top striking in New Japan. That, that flying headbutt he does, you know, the jumping headbutt, mm. just vicious stuff. Like, the, these guys just look like they were beating the hell out of each other. He cut his post-match promo in Japanese. And again, sort of similar to the David Finley thing, I think he's in those promos tapping into a real-life frustration there, which is good, you know, it's, it's very dramatic, it's very compelling. And then he had his second-round match today against Tamatonga. Yep. Lost that one in 60 minutes. Wasn't It was a good match. It wasn't as good as the Shingo match. But, you know, the Shingo match I thought was, was very special. Tamatonga match, yeah, it was, it was fine. I mean, I think as Hinori starts to work this longer match style and he's sort of booked more seriously than him working on these sort of control periods, like th- that will come. I think, you know, over the last six months, there's been a concerted effort to give him more singles matches, mostly against Young Lions, where he's going sort of seven, eight minutes and working from the top. You know, that's basically like six minutes of that is him in control. But then sort of transposing that to, you know, a a 16 minute, 17, 18, 19, 20 minute match, that's a different kettle of fish. But it's just a question of reps, I think. And I think that will improve. It will come. But again, I think this is a guy who, although he's been eliminated from the tournament, I think that Shingo match was, I mean, for me, a proof of concept. You know, we've been saying for a while that, oh, you know, he, he's been sort of screwed out of various big spots for, for many years out of injury or pandemic or whatever it was. You know, we've had matches circling on kind of, oh, you know, he's got a big main event with Ishii here in Corrigan Hall that, and, you know, for various reasons hasn't happened. Now, it finally happened. And I think it was a, a huge match for Hanara. He needed to shit or get off the potty, as you would say. And I think he did. I mean, how does that, how do I extend that analogy? Do I say he did a shit? He successfully did a big <laughs> shit and it was good. Is, that, was, <laughs> is that the success criteria? His turd was, was dense. Uh, um, it was, well, you know, he, you know, everyone's smelling it. It yeah. was impressive. There was a good girth to it. <laughs> right. A double flusher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he had to had to stick some like a, like a stick in there to break it up because it couldn't go down in one flush. <laughs> he, had to, he had to break it up. Plunger uh, out. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all had them. We've all had them. Uh, and now he has one. <laughs> he is. He has. He is. Uh, his success is going to be weighed by the size of his stool. Oh, we are kids. We are children. Um, I'd say that's that's no less childish than the nasty comments Tamatonga was making about hair loss, which... That's right. That was uncalled for. You, you don't need to go there. You know, you no, can really. keep it in, in, in your kayfabe and say that he's a you know, bully, a crybaby, whatever, but don't, yeah. don't go for the hair loss. That's, Cheap shot. That's uncalled for. I agree. 
as a bald man. I agree. Uh, and he has a. Do you think Hidari would look good bald if he kept the mustache and just shaved his head? I think he'd look really good. He'd look like a fucking video game villain. Is what he'd look like. <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, I like him. Uh, I think everyone knows. I, I I dig him. I also feel that he's had opportunities that uh, you know he's had opportunities that have never come to pass. Um, and again, whether it's injury or whether it's pandemic or whether what have you. Um, and I feel like he's taken a little bit to get his wheels churning uh, even in this gimmick. Like I, I, I kind of feel like it's been a, not a struggle, but it's been a slow, slow burn for, for Hanare just even being, in this gimmick and in this faction. The Shingo match was fucking fantastic. The Shingo match was absolutely, again, two guys of that size and stature beating the piss out of each other. Fucking great. Uh, I did watch the Tamatanga match as well, and I thought that was good. Um, I thought that was good. That's a great spot in it where... Tamatonga reversed the streets of rage into the gun stun. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Like, I, 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 I don't want to say that he's, he has, you know how the criticism we had of Jeff Cobb back years ago, and we were like, he needs to work with a guy who can bump and, and really fucking fly around the ring to, Emphasize emphasize his uh, you know power moves right and and we not that we hand waved him but we kind of like okay that's he needs to be in there and, and don't expect anything good um, otherwise and that's changed you know that's that's that has changed big time and I think people can change what used to be a piece of shit but people can change people can, <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I go that far, but, uh, but yes, people can change, uh, and get better and improve the, and I think that's where Hinare is right now. Like Hinare is going to have a great match with a guy like, like Shingo, you know, but you know, I'm going to throw this out there. Who doesn't, <laughs> you know, who can't, um, but they're, I think their styles complement each other a lot. And I want to see like guys like Tamatanga, and I want to see guys like I don't know, maybe even like Zach, or maybe even like uh, just somebody who's like the opposite of his style. And I want him to have. I'll tell you what, Hinari versus Yoshihashi. Right, that's a match that people would not expect to fuck, but that would fuck hard. I think so. I think so. I hope so, um, because. Because then I think people will see him in an even brighter light. I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm saying that he hasn't done it yet. So let's. I'm not going to tell people what to do, but me. Well, I was was like, what do you think is a a good goal for him? Because I'm not saying this guy's future world champion material, but. 
a spot on the roster, like let's say uh, a, a serious long-term heavyweight tag champion, you know, yeah. get him like Carl of the Cop, get that going. I think that is a, a good and realistic aim, achievable aim for Hinari within the next 12 months. Yep. I agree. I think that, that or um, even the never, I would have no problem with um, starting somewhere in that, in that realm. But from 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 a fan perspective, I would like to see him in a match. A tai Chi. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Just somebody that's a little bit different than him um, and his style and have a great match. That's what I want. Uh, that's what I would love to see. Then I think more people will be turned into Hanare backers. And I think it's it, the Shingo match helps tremendously, but you know, just let's let's diversify his portfolio of good matches. Right, another a pair. I'm saying stonks up. Mishimon. We talked about the, the matches for Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. I thought as singles performers, they have done a fantastic job in elevating Kyle Fletcher and playing to his strengths and having that high pace, high intensity, hard hitting match that made him look like a real threat. But also as a tag team, now you missed this statement and I, I strongly encourage anyone who else missed it to go back and watch. So this was the anniversary event, Monday, March the 6th. It was the main event where Bishamon defended, successfully defended their tag team titles against the dream team of Tanahashi and Okada. I only went 20 minutes, but it was fucking fantastic. And just a real sort of, coming out party for Bishamon who surely now have silenced all their critics, all their doubters, all the people who are poo-pooing them winning World Tag League. And I, I was bullish at the time when I said, no, these guys are really good. People are sleeping on them. They are a, a quality, a top-tier tag team. And I think they proved it now. Like, what else do they have to do? They proved it against FTR at Wrestle Kingdom. Now they proved it at the anniversary event against Tanahashi and Okada. These guys are the real deal. I'm so glad that they retained and I just think they're doing a, a terrific job, both as singles guys and as tag team guys. Yeah, I feel bad missing that. I mean, I definitely will go back and watch it, but schedule was a little, little crazy. Um, I think they might. I, I would jump, jump on the back of this, and I will say that there was some sort of whispers that Yoshihashi and Goto were on the chopping block when it comes to the G1 climax. That you know, if it was a 20-man field, then they wouldn't make the cut. I think that would be a real shame yep. if they didn't make the cut because um, just the, the improvements that Yoshihashi's made over the last three years are phenomenal. Like, he just yeah. looks like a different man. And Goto, again, he's a guy that people keep writing him off, but then you see him have performances like he did against Kyle Fletcher, and then you think, no, this guy has still got so much value as a singles competitor. You know, again, he's not going to be world champion. He's never going to be a top guy, but just a, a tremendous asset to have on your roster for tournaments like a New Japan Cup or like a grade one climax. So, you know, if it were up to me, both of them would still be in the, the G1. I think people hand wave Hiroki Goto for the dumbest reasons. And, I, and trust me, I might be guilty of that too but like the idea of him being like the perpetual loser and never going in the big one and blah 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 like why does that matter <laughs> you know I mean, like he's he's a fucking solid pro wrestler more than solid um i think if if we're being fair and we're being 
um, mindful watchers of this product, come year-end award, they absolutely have to be like the most underrated fucking thing of New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Especially by people like like us, like hardcore fans. Like it's it. Uh, not me. I, I have always given the flowers. You have. You have. I. I have. I would be the guilty party. Um, but I also think a lot of other people would be guilty of that. They are a absolute asset, and quite honestly, extremely unappreciated. Extremely unappreciated they they are a solid team and yes i do have my complaints and yes i do have my personal bias of uh, i gotta get over that i gotta get over that because you, you did it again they're not a solid team they're a, a great i don't know great people have different def- definitions of great but at worst a very good team right right Right, and and I know and, we're talking semantics here, but I think you know. So I would have said two years ago, I would have said, "Yeah, solid team." Now I think solid is underselling them. Yep, doing them a disservice. I agree. That uh, that, and I think that's my point. I think they've elevated to a real fucking asset to the company, um, a great team, and yeah, you're right. They are getting wins over. You know, every the, the teams that everybody says are great tag teams, they are getting they, they are getting wins over them. Um, yeah, I just there, think there they, was a great bit of the commentary for that match where um, I think it was Kevin Kelly was asking Chris Charlton, "Are Yoshihashi and Goto better singles wrestlers than Tanahashi and Okada?" And Chris Charlton says, "No." Right. And then he says, "Are Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto a better tag team than Okada and Tanahashi?" And Chris Charlton said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. And that's it. Says it all. Yeah, and I think it was really smart, really smart to have them going against the dream team and beat them. In a, you know, it wasn't a, a squash or anything; it was a competitive match, but it was a, you know, a, compre- a, a, a conclusive win for Bishmore. You know, it wasn't like they sort of sneaked out or anything. It, you came away from that match thinking, twenty minutes, okay, this is the better tag team. This is the best tag team in the company. Right. So, really smart booking there. I agree, a thousand percent. It's, uh, and again, as it should be. You know what I mean? It's a tag team title. Who's the best tag team? Right. Uh, I think it's very, very intelligent and smart booking. Well done. Uh, let's have your prediction for Goto versus Tamatonga in the next round. <sighs> Could you see a Goto-Tamatonga never title match? I can. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to beat Tamatonga to set up a never title match. That doesn't necessarily have to be for Sakura Genesis. It could come later. Mm-hmm. It could come before. But I don't know. Goto, no, because he's he's wrapped up with the tag titles. He is. I think it would be weird for him after all the praise we've heaped on Bishamon as a tag team for then him to put that on hold and start doing. Never title stuff. So I, I mean, I mean, on paper, I think, I think has got to win that one. You know, Tamatonga's getting the big push. He's a singles champion. Tamatonga's got to win. All right, but I mean, we just saw Okada and fucking Tanahashi as a tag team, and on paper, you know, they're they're uh, quite a team. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, all right. So you're saying Tamatonga over Hiroki Goto? 
Yes. <sighs> All right. I'm going to say Goto wins. I can see it. I can see Goto challenging. Um, so the G in New Japan Cup stands for Goto. You got so that right. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, another person stunked up. Just a quick one here. Black Trunks Okada, who the two Dream Team tag matches, so the one that I just mentioned, and also he had a featured tag match on the show on Saturday in Aichi which was the sixth match, a special tag team match where Tanahashi and Okada defeated Ren and Shota, 30 minutes, 32 seconds. So yeah. Okada pinned Ren following Rainmaker. And look, you called it last time and I, I was doubtful and I thought this was going to be, you know, a good showcase for Ren and or Shota. But no, Okada absolutely punked out Ren. <laughs> Just Rainmaker him out of his boots and then Shota got involved and Shota ate an uh, elbow drop on a high five flow and he got his, his carcass tossed out of the ring. And then... Just that great moment where Okada let Ren get up and Ren's, you know, snarling. He's got blood dribbling out his nose. And Okada's like, come on, give me your best shot. You can have a free hit. And then Ren swings at him. Okada just ducks it and bang, second Rainmaker. And then in the backstage comments, I mean, I've watched it a couple of times. I was talking to Manabu and Manabu says that his backstage comments have upset the Noah fans because he, they think he sort of indirectly buried uh, Kaito Kiyomiya by... (laughs) basically saying that Ren and Shota offered him more of a challenge than uh, Kaito did, although he didn't actually mention Kaito at all, but they sort of think by the phrasing of it that he was basically indirectly burying him. But just putting all that to one side, this booking of Okada in the black shorts is just this pissed off guy who's just bullying everyone and punking out these younger up and coming wrestlers who, you know, dare to get into the ring with him. It's really good shit. It's yes. the most interesting Okada booking for, for years. I love it. Yeah. Let, well, let's turn back the hands of time. To me, uh, heel Okada, it was so much better and so much more fun and so much, uh, uh, I, I don't want to say nuanced, because he wasn't, you know, this fucking heel where, you know, we're going to grab a fucking chain or an object or, you know, or cheat or no, he was just better than you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was his gimmick. Uh, he's, he's, he's great. That that's a, that's a hell of a gimmick. Uh, but still it was, a, you know, I just felt like, like there was just a little bit more that he could do when he uh, got an edge, you know, when he got a little, little sandpaper in him and not to say that you didn't see that, or you don't see that with babyface Okada, but it, it, it trust me when he flicks the switch and and you you get a, a, another taste of what you had before. You know it is better. I'm sorry, it is. Uh, so just having him just like just kind of straddle the line is exciting. I don't know. I don't think we're seeing full fledged heel Okada anytime soon. But again, when he has that little edge and little cockiness and little, uh, I'm going to show these fucking wet behind the ears, whippersnappers, a thing or two. I like that. Like, I, I do like that. I think to me, I, I like the cocky brash. I'm better than you. Fuck you. Okada. 
Um, and it, and trust me, they if if Noah fans are upset, uh, they I you know I, I would be I would be because he did get punked. You know, it was not a, it was a, was a very, very, very definitive win, right? Um, and uh, quite an exclamation point, I, which, again, still has me believing that the, the end cannot possibly be the end. But, you know, <laughs> you know, you put New Japan on a show. That's what's going to happen, guys. I hate to say it. Well, I kind of think they were sort of setting up something long term with him and Ren, with the way he treated Ren in this tag match. Maybe. But um, I mean, either way, uh, it was interesting in the post match stuff. I kind of said that with regards to the Dream Team with Tanahashi, he wants more reps on a big stage. So I was wondering maybe that they're going to do some more stuff in the in the US, have some sort of high profile big tag team matches uh, in America. I'm sure they would both love it. You know, <laughs> tag team situation. I'm not saying it's an easy night, but I'm just saying it might be an easier night. So, yeah, I think it's, I mean, we're, and, and again, we're, just to make sure I'm clear, because I did not hear these comments. We're talking about Okada and Tanahashi, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we haven't seen the last of them. He's, he's got plans. All right. I like it. Oh. I think, you know, that'd be a cool spot for those sort of, not the biggest US shows, but those kind of middling ones where you're not going to have an IWGP world title defense, but you have a featured tag match with Tanahashi and Okada. I think that's that's a draw. I think so too. I absolutely do, and especially if they have like a nice top tier tag team to go against, or or maybe a dream tag on the other side. You know that maybe you you, you wouldn't have what would not have expected to have seen. Yeah, I mean, they uh, can, how they, about Okada Tanahashi against Young Bucks? <laughs> sure, I would love. that. I think that would be fucking great. And you know Okada would fucking love that because he loves the Young Bucks, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah He's dressing up in Nick Jackson's gear backstage. <laughs> they come out in the gear. <laughs> they they swap gear. Um, I Look, I don't think anybody would, would think that that would be terrible. I think, I, I mean, that would be, that would be really good. So, yeah, maybe. That would be fun. I mean, we are, we are, uh, we are expecting a uh, second show where when why well listen you know we'll be the first to know <laughs> oh but I, I forgot to sound the fantasy booking klaxon <laughs> the, the preceding content was fantasy booking and will not occur in real life <laughs> <laughs> right we need a sounder for that um i think uh though uh we will be we're, at least we're not fucking fantasy booking a, a bullet club turn. <laughs> you know, civil, the civil war, the civil war. Boo. <laughs> uh, another person I've got a stonks up just, just a little bit, Leo Rush. I've just really enjoyed what he's brought to the undercard. His, his energy, his promos, he's, you know, screaming, saying to him, that junior tie is mine. It's mine. And I've enjoyed it. He's just bringing his A game to whatever he does, even when it's, what you think is a relatively inconsequential, inconsequential multi-man tag match in the middle of a New Japan Cup tour, he's bringing it. And, you know, a lot of people doubted him and thought, you know, he's, maybe his heart's not really in it, but this is arguably 
some of the best work I've ever seen from Leo Rush and hope he actually dethrones Hiromu when it comes to the, the finals. Yeah, and, and I think that match will be fantastic. And it does add a nice little spice to the, the a somewhat drab junior scene right now. So, yep, I think he's the 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 person that we needed. Or he really is the person that we needed, and he's and he's working his ass off. And I think this match is going to be fucking tremendous. Uh, to conclude the stonks up segment, Multiverse Ace said the first round saw strong performances from three fresh faces: Fletcher, Hinari, and Finley. Who do you think has the highest ceiling in New Japan? Um, I think in the short term, it will be David Finley, but long term, it's Kyle Fletcher. Because of all the things we said, he's got time on his side. And I just think using the, the sort of blueprint of the rise of Will Ospreay, I think Kyle Fletcher has a lot of the similar qualities of him. Of course, he's his own man, but uh, I would be very surprised and disappointed if you know, in five years' time, Kyle Fletcher wasn't a, a big player for New Japan. I thought you were going to say NXT. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope. He needs to sit under the Shawn Michaels learning tree. Yeah. Listen, apparently a lot of dojo guys are uh, are doing that right now. Um, uh, did you see uh, uh, NXT match announced uh, Dragon Lee against Carl Fredericks? Yeah. Or Eddie Thorpe, to give him his new name. <laughs> Sounds like an old-time baseball player. And now batting Eddie Thorpe. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah, I did see that. I did see that. Um, who's got the biggest upside? Yeah, Finley, Hinari, yeah. Fletcher. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I would say... It depends which... Are we talking about pre-steroids Finley or post-steroids Finley? (laughs) Once he he hits the gas, he's going to own all the titles at once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think short-term, Finley's the no-brainer. So, I guess long-term, it's between Hanari and Fletcher. I think Hanari has more to grow. Uh... He like his. He's got a he's got a a a, a, a taller. What's the word I'm looking for? Like he's got got more to go. Um, whereas Fletcher is right now, like if if Hanari can get to where Fletcher is, um, and then and then onward, that would be fucking incredible. Um, but yeah, I think Fletcher's. I think Fletcher's your guy. He's just 
I, I'm so impressed by him. I think, uh, look, I think New Japan better, better lock him down. <laughs> right? Right? That's, that's really what needs to have happen. Yeah. They shouldn't have let him leave the building today without signing something. Seriously. It's, 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 it is a crazy thing to think that, um, you know, they would, they would not, but, it looks like uh, if they're smart, they will. It looks like they will. Okay. Uh, oh, what's happened here? No, we all good? You can still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just got a little warning message pop up. I didn't see what it said. Uh, okay. So now into the stonks hold slash down segment. Uh, talk about Tetsu Naito defeating Chase Owens in 18 minutes, seven seconds with a victory roll. So Naito doing the thing that he usually does in these cut runs where he is... Uh, catching people out with his uh, variety of pinning combinations, not having to rely on Destino to, to get the job done. Uh, I thought this was all right. This was pretty good. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are down on Chase Owens, but I thought he was fine here. I mean, it's a uh, fairly forgettable match, but I was entertained watching it. I thought Chase Owens' control segments were quite creative. I like some of the heel work he was doing, like, you know, Naito's eye open to do the yeah, <laughs> yeah that sort of stuff. I you know I thought that was good. I uh, thought he was good. scumbag. He was doing scumbag things. So yeah, I, I quite like this match. Didn't change my opinion about either of them, but it was fine. I thought he was really good. Uh, um, I mean, again, it's not a match that you're going to put in your top matches of the year, but I thought for for what it was, it was perfectly fine. And I thought Chase was was, I mean. I'll be honest. I thought Chase worked harder than Naito in this match, right? Um, All right, okay. Let me put you on the spot table. Okay, okay. let's say we're going back to a twenty-man Greg One climax. Does Chase Owens make your cut? Yes. I mean, somebody's got to eat pinfalls, but yes, and he'll get a win. You know, a surprising win somewhere. Mm, yeah, I think so. I would think. I why not? I would, well, I would take him any day of the week over the next person I would like to talk about who very much in my book stomps down, which is fucking Yujiro Takahashi, Ooh. who had his uh, first round match against Shota Umino. So Shota won after nine minutes, 47 seconds with the Death Rider. Yujiro looked like absolute shit here. He was in horrendous shape, just sort of huffing and puffing, could barely get himself up for the what was it, pop-up uppercut and the Tornado DDT. He just looked horrendous here. And I got really annoyed watching this. I was just like, what the fuck is this guy still doing in this company? Why are they putting him in the tournament? Why is he here? And, you know, guys like Gabe Kidd is not, and Alex Cogner is not, rah, rah, rah. But then I, well, there's a question from David. who says, seeing Yujiro having another bad match in a semi-prominent position makes me think, is New Japan's, excuse me, New Japan's loyalty to its wrestlers sometimes a problem? Hmm. In a way, it's good that they don't fight many wrestlers, but on the other hand, a guy like him offers very little to anyone. So, I mean, I had an interesting conversation on the Discord because I was thinking, you know, who is the last Japanese wrestler that they got rid of because they were no good? And you've got to go all the way back to like a, a Captain New Japan or a Yoshitatsu. <laughs> they, they don't do it anymore, do they? And obviously a lot of these guys came sort of forced into more prominent spots during the pandemic because there are a lack of alternatives and Yudro was one of them. He was well and truly cut from the G1, but then when the plague hit, then they were sort of scrabbling around for names. And God, do you remember that cursed Yudro-Okada feud in the autumn of 2020? Mm. Jesus Christ, that, that was horrible. 
what I'm saying now is we don't need to do that anymore. And I'm not saying he should get fired, but he needs to be aggressively downcycled. But maybe this is what's happening. I mean, he's lost a, a first round New Japan Cup match and I'm going to give them a pass on this. I will give them a pass on him being in the Cup because, you know, we understand New Japan are in money-saving mode. And really, there's not much point bringing in guys like Alex Coglin or Gabe Kidd or Fred Rosser or Hikolo if they're just going to lose in the first round anyway. You know, if we if we swapped Yujiro for Gabe Kidd here, what have we achieved? You know, right. is, does it make sense for New Japan to pay a load of money to get people on a plane and hotels and everything and bring them in for a tour if they're just going to lose in the first round? So I, I accept why he's in the first round. I think that's fine. You know, I will I will allow it. And I think in something like the New Japan Cup, you want to focus on a small number of pushed guys. You know, like we talked about Finley and Hanari and Fletcher. If you have a load of people being elevated like that, then it sort of takes the shine off of them. I think it's better to focus on a small number of that. However, if Yujiro is in the G1, I'm going to put my foot through the laptop and send Obari the bill. Because this, this performance... He just looked like absolute crap, and I'm done with him. I'm washing my hands. If he's if he's in the G1, I'm not going to watch any matches that he's involved in because life is too short for that. <laughs> uh, he looked bad, and he looked. I was kind of hoping he was injured because at least that would you know explain the situation. But yeah, it was. He was out of shape. Uh, he just didn't look like he should have been there. Um, so would I have him in G1? I, I, like if you're going to be the pin eater, like if you're going to be the guy that um, unfortunately goes under 500 in the tournament, at least – we we would love to see um, good performances, right? Um, we want to see competitive matches. We want to see interesting, compelling matches. It's a it's a long tournament, you know. You get in fucking day five and day six and day eight, and you're like, ugh, <laughs> you know, you need something to look forward to. And you know, when you realize that he's on the show. You know, in a semi-main event against whomever, and uh, it kind of turns you off on that show a bit, right? I would have no problem with him. Yeah, it, it actively detracts from the quality and the appeal of the G1 if you put someone like you in it. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. Um, let's. I think it's. I think it's safe to say that there are other people on that roster who could play that role very well. Of a guy who, yeah. and it's a better value proposition for bringing in people like you know from the LA Dojo, whether it's a, you know Fred Rosser or Gabe Kid Hickler, whatever, for a tour like the G One, or you know maybe even an outsider. Everyone's talking about Brian Danielson. It's a better value proposition when you know you're flying them over and you're going to get nine tournament matches out of them at least. You know right. that is when you start splashing the cash because I think G One this year specifically is a real opportunity for New Japan to hoover up some more lap subscribers or new subscribers. But again, if they're putting Yujiro Takahashi in the field, then you can kiss that shit goodbye. Yeah. Yes. I, I a thousand percent agree. Um, I, I mean, 
there's there's a couple guys I I I would be very happy to not see in G1. I I, I mean I'm not as bad. Right, go, give, give, give me names. Yano. Yes, I'm coming to him. He's next in my crosshairs. Right. Uh, I don't want to see Fale. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't want to see like you know your Maccabees and you know stuff like that. I mean, not that 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 would happen. I know. I, I hope not. But, but you know, I don't want to see that. Um, yeah, I would say like those guys. I would not want to see. All right, let's just play a quick game here. So I will name some wrestlers, okay. and you say, would yes, you rather right. have Yujiro okay. in this? I'm talking specifically New Japan Cup here, not G1. So this New Japan Cup slot of losing in the first round to Shota. Uh, so Yujiro or Kojima? Kojima. Uh, Yujiro or Honma? Probably Honma. You know, he hasn't looked that bad. I don't know if he's got some great physical therapy. You know what I mean? Like, he hasn't looked that bad compared mm-hmm. to, like, you know, a year ago or two. Um, uh-huh. he, uh, yeah, no, Holma, yeah. Yudro or Tenzan? Oof. <sighs> Yudro. I take Tenzan. Really? I take Tenzan. Like, the, the, uh, that's what I was a bit sad about this year, that because they slimmed down the field to 24 instead of what, what it's been in previous years, that we didn't get the annual first round match with Honma and Tenzan, which always over delivers. Like people always hand wave it and think, oh, it's the dads, but it's always compelling. I can't remember exactly who faced in. Didn't we have Tenzan versus Osprey and Tenzan versus Yoshihashi in recent years that sort yeah. of wildly over delivered on expectations? Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, a sad state of affairs for Yudro when I would rather have a guy who basically all of the dads in various states of disrepair <gasps> oh. rather than him. No, he's not an old, he's not an old man, Yudro. No, uh, I would take Yudro because, because here's the thing. It's, it's in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. But I mean, if we're going by the performance that he put on versus give me anyone else knowing that I'm going to get that performance. I don't know if Tenzan is going to give me more. I got to be honest. Um, Yeah, I would probably go Yujiro. Give me another one. Come on. Uh, uh, Okay, Yujiro or any of uh, Nakashima, Oiwa, or Fujita, or Uh, Oscar Loiva. Yeah, I would take all of them. I would take all of them. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Honestly, you could put them them in 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 a room blindfold me and I'll just point to one and it would be better. Yeah. Uh, Stonks hold show to Umino who, I mean, there's only so much you can do with the user. I think we'll be better equipped to discuss his progress after he's wrestled Zach. But uh, what I will say for show to one thing, I think he's improved that that was also identified by a friend of the show, Jay Michael, uh, his promos show has been putting on some very, Good, earnest, uh, sincere promos where he's speaking from the fart, the, the fart, where? <laughs> and we're getting more of a more of a sense of who Shota Umino is. And I said that was uh, a flaw that I think you know he needs to figure out who he is. And we're starting to feel that that there is this sort of level of uh, sincerity coming across in his promos that I am finding compelling. So let's see how he gets on against Zach. Like who who have you got, Shota or Zach? 
Zach. Zach. Um, I, I'm going Shota. I think we, we're getting a cheeky little TV title challenge down the line. I mean, I would not complain. Uh, I still scratch my head, though, at people kind of sh- like hand-waving and fucking booting out uh, any idea that he's decent. I, I think he's good. I don't. What am I? What am I not seeing? Like, what? What is the? What is the? Uh, the what? What? What's the reason behind a lot of people that I see hand waving short? Uh, people who've watched him through his excursion think he hasn't really shown any progress. They think he doesn't have the the, the fire or the spark to show that he's a really top guy. Uh, they don't like his look. They don't like him having the Moxley jacket. They thought the Naito performance was poor. Oof. I don't he's, know. He's very young. He'll get better. I know. That's what I'll get. Like, uh, I mean, dude, dude is getting this look and this feel and uh, are people thinking it's a little quick for him or I don't, I mean... No, like the whole presentation of him, he got outclassed by Naito, and in this tag match, he's got outclassed by Tanahashi and Okada, and he said, I'm nowhere near these guys' level yet. Right. So it's not like this is a guy that they're presenting and saying, this guy's the real deal, he's the finished article, he's one of the top guys in the company, and he's beating all your favorites. No, he's he's losing all these big matches. Right. So you can't... I mean, that's that. it's intentional. They're showing you, no, this guy's not ready yet. Yeah, I think uh, of of anything that is like he gets he's getting a raw end of the stick um, from a lot of people. And I just don't understand it. I really don't. I think one, have some fucking patience. And two, uh, he is he's good. He's not for 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 where he should be. I mean, when did he debut? Not not Young Lion debut, but uh, you know when did he re you know come back from excursion? Not that long ago, right? Yeah, was it November? Was it the historic? Yeah, right. Match? That was his. It's not the like first one back in Japan. I think. Yeah, it's not like it's like fucking five year project with him. It's, it's a fucking handful of months. Relax, please. Oh, it's only twenty five. In five years' time, when we're all lauding Wrestle Kingdom, what will it be? Wrestle Kingdom 22 main event of uh, Kyle Fletcher against <laughs> Shota Umino getting eight stars from Big Dave. Then, right. then you can all come and apologize. There you go. I agree. I'm with you. Um, I don't get it. But, yeah, I think he's doing just fine. Just fine. Stocks down, uh, Toriano lost to Mark Davis, 12 minutes, 33 seconds uh, via water slide. Just, Yellow was one of these guys who got really hurt during the pandemic with the clap crowds because people were not able to react in a vocal way to his shenanigans. But now they can react. He's just, he's not funny. He's just like a, a sad little clown that nobody laughs at. And he's not really freshened up his act. He doesn't come up with new material. Compare him to a guy like... Uh, Stalker Ichikawa from Dragon Gate, who every time I watch him, he's doing something different. Also silly, but something different. So he's actually working hard to come up with new material. But Yano, can we, can we, enough, enough with the Toriano. 
you know, I get some people still like him and I get that he's like a sort of gateway for newer fans. They see this silly person and find him amusing the first time. But again, same as usual. Let's downcycle him. First round of New Japan Cup, fine. Grade one climax where I have to watch him nine times. No, thank you. And don't give me any of this, he's the night off nonsense. Because if you are going with that theory, then that means only half the people in the field get a night off. What about all the people in the other block? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, there's plenty of other people who can do the, the quote-unquote night off thing if if you believe that is a real thing. You know, Evil could be the night off match. Or, or Zach, you know, Zach is a relatively low-impact match. Sanada is a relatively low-impact match. There's loads of people who, you know, could play that role where it's a less intense less intense match. Or just have the matches go shorter. How about that, Damon? Don't have every match that's, uh, in, you know, in the final three going... 22, 23, 25, 27, 29 minutes. Maybe don't do that. Maybe have some of the matches go just, you know, six minutes or seven minutes. Have a guy get caught out or a guy getting tired and getting sloppy. No need for Toriano in the G1. And this is, you know, wishful thinking on my behalf because I think he probably will be there. But I really think it's time we start moving him from, on from him because he's just not funny. Yeah, I, I mean... Look, uh, I, I would hope New Japan gets new fans all the time. And you, you got to put yourself in our shoes. And like we've seen the shtick for years and you're just waiting for it to end is really what you're doing. Like you're just wait, just can we just ring the fucking bell? We get it. You have your DVD. Um, the matches can be fun. In the sense of their quick sprints, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. Um, but even then, I feel like we've seen every fucking bag of trick from, you know, taping a guy to the fucking barricades and, you know, just we, we get it. Uh, to me, there's so much more possibilities with so many other people that being subjective to the shtick again is kind of uh, passe <laughs> For, as a kind word. Um, I, I would have no problem with it. I would have zero problem with it, him not being in. Um, I think it's 50, 50, be honest with you. I think it's 50, 50. I just think that they have a lot of talent and a lot of people who could, play that role but not play that role right they can play the role of a guy who's going under 500 and you know might be shoulders to the mat more often than not that you don't have to subject us to another year of yana and it's hard for me to comment on mark davis at this point because you know that's not a proper wrestling match so i will reserve judgment until i see him with his singles match against will osprey which i'm Pleasantly surprised. You know, when I saw them on that side of the bracket together, I was hoping that we'd get that because you could just tell that it's exactly the sort of match where Will Ospreay has gone to the office and said, please, please, please let me have a singles match with Mark Davis so we can beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Uh, Greg writes in and says, why are we running two faction mates who don't get along stories at the same time? Uh, so I assume he's referring to ELP Finley and Ospreay and Mark Davis. Now, I don't necessarily think, because there's been a lot of discord between Ospreay and Davis, then sort of not quite getting along. Davis not wanting to tag in because he knows he's got the match with Osprey coming up and they're sort of needling each other in the post-match stuff. But I don't think this is like a long-term no. 
Aussie Open are, are breaking up from United Empire. I mean, it might get there eventually, but I just think they are trying to set this, the table for to, to have a reason why these two stablemates would beat the shit out of each other in the New Japan Cup second round match. Because if they didn't do any of that stuff, then you'd be like, well, these guys are teammates. Why are they going in so hard? So I think they've been quite smartly and subtly doing that. So you, you know, people who do watch the undercards think, yes, now I understand why these guys are killing each other because I think that's uh, exactly what they intend to do. Uh, Greg says, it was also me Osprey doing some HBK level super selling this tour. Uh, I think we'll probably see more of that against Mark Davis. I'm circling that one. That I, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Uh, who do I think is going to win? I'm pretty sure Will Ospreay is going to win, but I think it's going to be a very violent and intense match and people are going to come away with it thinking, wow, Mark Davis, good singles wrestler yeah. as well as a, a good tag wrestler. Yep. Uh, you know they're... They're having conversations already of how this match might look and might feel and what do we want to do. Um, I, I know, I don't know, but I'm pretty confident in saying that those guys are excited uh, to, to do this, to have this match. I, I, I expect it to be great. And I think the, uh, I don't think I, I'm pretty confident they will deliver on great. Um, and I think just this idea of this match being kind of a, a little bit of a springboard for Davis. And we're sitting here swooning over his tag team partner. But, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think this match will shine a little bit more light on him. And I think it's going to be well-deserved and I think it's going to be fun. And I think we'll come back next week and be very pleased with what we see. Uh, stocks down. Uh, Rent narrator losing to Evil in their first round match in 18 minutes, 44 seconds. Just having those two matches, Yano and Davis and then Ren Evil back to back. That was for that show in Fukushima. Jesus Christ. It was, it was like pulling teeth. And, it wasn't a bad match, but the crowds were not really into it. I mean, they got some responses from the crowd, but it just, I don't feel it landed. And I think they've got a better match in them. I was talking when they were doing the TV title tournament that I thought Ren versus Evil could have been a, a hot final. And I think, you know, we've seen Evil have matches where, uh, that, that match he had with Ishii a few months ago, where in the last five minutes, they just started beating the crap out of each other. That's what, I wanted to see it, but we just, we didn't got it. We just got standard house of torture, horseshit evil and a little bit of crowd heat, but Ren didn't tap into that same fire that Okada managed to get out of him in, in the tag match that they had um, earlier in the week. Yeah. So this one, this, that, that whole show was just a, a skip for me. Very dull. Well, listen, I appreciate you putting up with that. Uh, if you have to perform the Heimlich maneuver, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, this is it. Cause I, I've been sort of saying how great it was that the master stroke, the genius move of me doing the podcast in the bedroom. Yeah. And it hasn't woken up either of my children. I think they actually, they find hearing my voice quite soothing and it helps them continue sleeping. But when one of them is being so rude as to start having a coughing fit while I'm recording, that's, <laughs> we can't allow that, can we? I wanted to make sure everybody was all right. Oh, um, yes, probably too much birthday cake, I would think. Um, I agree with everything you said. I just was distracted by the coughing. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so next round we've got Evil against Jeff Cobb. Uh, Jeff Cobb has been very good on commentary. He's mm-hmm. been a great addition to that, I think. Good energy, good insight. Um, but yeah, what are we saying? Evil or Cobb? Because mm. if Cobb wins, then that means we're getting another intrafaction yeah. United Empire match because he would face the winner of Osprey Davis, which, you know, maybe that's a story they want to tell. This could be the genesis of something. You know, Osprey versus Cobb. I think in their history, I think Cobb has won all of the singles matches they've had together, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they, they had one at uh, Madison Square Garden, didn't they? I think so. Uh, one of the cards yeah. for that, that super card. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm just picking evil here because I think this is an op- they see this as an opportunity to heat him up a bit. So, yeah, evil wins. Yeah, I would like to see Cobb, but um, yeah, I, I, w- I would have to go evil. I, I can't see evil. Well, I can I can see him losing, but I can't. I don't know. Am I talking myself out of it? No. Stick with evil. Evil. And the last thing to discuss in my stonks down segment is the main event from the show on Saturday in Aichi. And that was Sanada defeating Kenta in 29 Ooh. fucking minutes and 12 seconds with modified DDT. Sanada advances to the quarterfinals. Now, who thought that was a good idea? Why? What, I know. Michael CC says, what did I do to ghetto to deserve Sanada Kenta going 30 minutes? Come on, lads. I mean, you could have wrapped this up in half that time. And I enjoy Kenta. I like the, the promo stuff he does is tremendous entertainment. Like it's, you know, borderline genius, just the sort of the levels of, of comic ability that he's showing in these backstage stuff for you know freaks like me who actually watch it. But as far as a, a, a high profile singles wrestler, he's he's cooked, isn't he? Like we can't, I mean, it's fine if, him holding the strong title and doing, you know, 12, 13 minute matches in the States. Like, yeah, that's good. That's a good use of Kenta, but 29 minutes with Sonata in the New Japan Cup. Come on. No, thank you. Yeah. That, I, you know, to, to the extent to which I'm thinking he should probably be out of the G1 as well. And maybe oh. I, I suspect at the time he might be, have some US dates, you know, maybe he's going to be doing something with a strong title at that time. But I just think it's diminishing returns at this point. Again, if it's up to me, Kenta, not making the cut. Uh, he'll definitely be in it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he's not fucking ten years ago, Kenta. That's for that's for certain. Um, every once in a while, he shows a little glimmer of it, but I think overall, he's kind of transitioned into a wrestler who, you know, has to rely on other things, and that's fair. You know, a, a father time. Creeps up on everyone, but um, yeah, this Don't match. Make him wrestle for twenty nine minutes, <laughs> right? Right, but that's my point. Like, I get the fact that you want to give fans their quote money's worth, and but that doesn't necessarily mean that a match has to go a certain length. They want a good match. They want an entertaining match. They want a fun match. Now, I'm not saying you turn it into a fucking Hulk Hogan squash match and go eight minutes but i think a healthy 15 you know what maybe even a little bit over that it's i think it's acceptable but the idea of of now close to 30 minutes come on i mean 
I don't think that there's any, I don't think there's anyone in the building. Like if you took a survey of everyone as you took their ticket <laughs> and said, Hey, uh, 30 minutes, uh, or whatever, we'll just say 26 minutes or less. Everyone would go less, 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 please, less, less. <laughs> you know, I don't think there's going to be four people that say, yeah, give me all, give me all the time. It's, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, let's put it this way. There are lots of other things, other people, other matches, other whatever that I would much prefer going uh, that length of time. Not these two. Not these two. It's. I could. A war crime. It is a war crime. I couldn't wait for this match to be over. I couldn't wait. And every time I thought maybe it was happening, (laughs) it wasn't. And I got like grouchier and grouchier as the match went on just knowing that oh my god it and here's the thing too there are there are 30 minute matches 29 minute match, whatever the fuck this thing was um i'm rounding up uh that could be interesting and fun and uh, you know i'm not shitting on the concept that the idea of time being bad for everyone it's just that you got to uh, these two guys you're going to put that long just because yeah like, look let's look at the, the main event timing of um everything basically from the anniversary event so anniversary event that that tag title match 20 minutes then uh ren versus evil 18 minutes then shingo versus hinari 20 minutes uh we have uh goto versus carl fletcher 20 minutes so they're all sort of hovering around 20 minutes and now sanada kenta 29 what why what were they thinking? They, in 20 minutes, it would have been fine. Yep. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have, would have complained. I don't think there's anybody that's going to stand up in their seat and be like, ah, what are we doing with the other eight minutes? Encore. Eight <laughs> <laughs> right. roses. Right. Not even happening. I don't know. Well, we have a, yeah. Uh, next round, we've got uh, an intrafaction. Sonata versus Naito match, which is an interesting one. So be curious to see your predictions for that one, Damon. I'm thinking Sonata. I think with this storyline they're doing with him, it's it's all or nothing. I could see him going all the way. So, mm. yeah. I've, I mean, there's part of me that's sort of holding on to this Naito versus Shota in the final thing. But I just think with what went down with Taichi in the first round, it's, it's Sonata time, I'm afraid. So there's a lot of interfaction stuff. Do you think we'll see anybody turning on anybody, leaving a faction, doing anything like that? They've hinted it with with Sonata. I mean, Tai Chi was saying like, "Oh, LIJ are holding you back." And I, whoop, whoop, fantasy booking alert right. that you know maybe Tai Chi would come out to corner Naito, uh, to corner Sonata against Naito, which you know, thought would be an interesting story. But we have you know done this before with Sonata. I'm pretty sure Tanahashi at one point or another, has said to Sanada, oh, you should leave LIJ, they're not good for you, blah, blah, blah. And it ended up amounting to nothing. So um, I don't think it will amount to anything, but I think it would make narrative sense and be interesting and exciting if that were to happen. Like some of the Just Four guys will come out to support Sanada in his match against Naito. But again, that's just pie in the sky. Yeah, it is pie in the sky, but it's still a a thousand times more interesting than... <laughs> what, what they probably have planned. So, um, I, I was thinking, yeah, just f- you know, four guys, five guys. How about 
Sonata in House of Torture? Uh, I don't know if that would make sense considering all the grief that House of Torture had given him over the last few years. Oh, doesn't um, I mean, there's always the, the threat that, you know, Geta has in his back pocket of uh, throwing another Sonata Evil match at us, which is a, a distinct possibility, if not probability, with the way that the brackets are playing out. But, yeah. um, yeah, oh. can't see it. Boy, that's a depressing thought, isn't it? Whew. Yikes. All right. Well, every, every time you see them on the same side of the bracket, it's just like you know, Ghetto just clenching a fist at you saying, you know, if you, you moan all you want about my booking, but it could be worse. <laughs> and he proves it. Don't make me do it. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. Oh, uh, well. All right. Well, listen, we have a lot of interfaction stuff in the next few days. Um, I, I, if, if I had to bet on somebody turning on somebody, I would say Sonata is our guy, but will it happen? Uh, I would say on a scale of one to 10, I think I'm at a, like a four of it happening. All right, well, let's do quick picks then for oh, the next week of show. So on the 13th, so by the time you listen to this, it may have already happened, but uh, Evil versus Jeff Cobb. Hmm. Evil versus who? Jeff Cobb. I thought you said something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm taking evil. For, yeah, for yeah, yeah, I think we both agreed on evil. And then uh, Mark Davis versus Will Ospreay. Uh, that's going to be Will Ospreay, I think. Yep, yep, yep. Great match. That's that's one I'm looking forward to. And then on the 15th, we got David Finley against Great O'Conn, and I'm picking David Finley. You would think, right? And here, and here's the thing, O'Conn still hasn't gotten what I think is that definitive win, and it's just he's Finley's just put in a spot. To, to take off so yeah you got to go Finley on this one and uh, then we've got Zach versus Shota Umino and uh, I'm picking Shota here but uh, you yeah I, feel, I still think Zach but um, I could see your thought process on that and it makes sense but uh, I don't think I don't think Zach's the guy I think Zach wins then uh, on the 17th we've got Sanada versus Naito uh, for that I am picking Sanada phew Fuck. Ah, uh, no. I'm going Naito. Fingers crossed. And then uh, it would be evil against Will Ospreay. So for that, I would pick Ospreay. I think it was Ospreay. Hmm. What if it's what if it's Naito Ospreay? Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be coming up on the 19th. Okay. So on the 17th, it would be Sonata versus Naito and then either Jeff Cobb or Evil against Will Ospreay. So we both picked Evil. So right. as per our predictions, on the 17th, it would be Evil versus Osprey. You excited by that? Uh, look, if anyone is going to drag <laughs> Evil kicking <laughs> and screaming to a good match, it's going to be Will Ospreay. So he is going to try his damnedest. So... Uh, I don't know, man. Like the, the House of Torture has been, I think it's been injected with a bit more uh, spice since the vocal crowds have come back. The, the narrator match didn't quite land, but 
Um, I see that as an anomaly rather than me saying, oh, you know, throw evil in the bin. Um, evil Osprey could be fun. And again, if anyone's going to try and make it interesting, it's going to be Will Osprey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do have the big power guy. They've wrestled each other, have they? I don't think they have. I was going to ask. I don't think they've ever had a singles match, have they? Uh, let me check. Evil versus Will Ospreay. I don't think uh, House of Torture Evil has crossed paths with Will Ospreay. I don't think they've ever had a singles match. Uh, let's have a look. Evil versus Will Ospreay. Right. Uh, we want singles matches. We sure uh, do. Match constellation. Mm-hmm. Only singles matches. Here we go. Uh, one match in 2019. Oh. And that was in the G1. Okay. So... Since Osprey has joined United Empire and Evil has joined House of Torture, no. So this was this was uh, Lij Evil against Chaos Will Osprey. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's a somewhat fresh match. 2019. That's that's uh, that wasn't yesterday. Um, and both guys are are pretty different. I don't know. Maybe maybe it will be good. Power guy, Will doing all his fucking nonsense and hmm. all right. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I'm not going to fucking hand wave it, but okay. Uh, let's give it a shot. Will Will Evil? Let's go. And who's winning? Uh, will. Okay. And then 18th, uh, we've got Goto versus Tamatonga. Uh, I picked Tama for that, and you picked Goto. Are you standing by that? Yeah, I'm, I'm standing by that. And then the next match would be the winner of Finley, Great Okan versus the winner of Shota and Zach. So I have that as Finley versus Shota, and I will say Finley to win. Yeah, I would say Finley to win, but I have Zach, which I don't necessarily love, but yeah, I'll go Finley. Okay, uh, then on the 19th, it would be the winner of Sanada Naito versus the winner of the evil Cobb Davis Osprey Quartet. So as per my pick, that would be Sanada versus Osprey, and I'll pick Sanada to win that because wow. if I'm if I think recent history, Osprey has eliminated Sanada from the New Japan Cup quite a few times. So I think this is Sanada getting his New Japan Cup win back. So I have that as Sanada versus Osprey with Sanada winning. And you have it as Naito Osprey? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your winner? Osprey. Osprey going all the way to the final with Damon. Uh, And then the other semi-final would be the winner of Goto or Tamatonga versus the winner of the Finley, Great Okan, Shota, Zach Quartet. Yep. So for me, that would be Tamatonga versus Finley. And I would have... Ooh, yeah, Finley winning. I think let's have Finley going to the final. Why not? Let's let's go big or go home. Uh, for you, it would be Goto semi final of Goto versus uh, Finley as well, right? Yep, yep. And I think Finley makes it to the finals. All right. So I have got a Sanada Finley final. You've got an Sa- Osprey Finley final. Y- yes. Hmm. All right. What do you think? Wait and see. <laughs> I can see that. I mean, they've got they've got history together. Uh, didn't didn't Osprey eliminate Finley from a semi final a couple of years ago? Am I remembering that right? 
I don't know. I don't know what I have for breakfast, dude. Do you want me to? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I can see that. But actually, you know what? I actually quite like that. I like Osprey Finley. I think that will be a really exciting match. Right. A really quite a, a dynamic and dramatic final, but with different um, sort of power dynamics based on the last time when it was um, they met. I, I think it was a semi final. Obviously, Finley was still a baby face then. But uh, would that yeah, be I the first? Or I, and again, I I have very difficult times remembering sometimes. Um, would that be the first New Japan Cup where it's a not like there's no Japanese representation in the finals? Oh yeah, we're going to get cancelled, Damon. Are we? <laughs> Why? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I'm, I'm being silly, but I, of oh. course I'm. I forgot the fact that Osprey and Finley wrestled each other for the US title at the back end of last That's year. True. So yeah, they do have recent history together. But um, yeah, I can't think of a final that was two foreigners against each other. Man, that'd be something. So when Osprey won, he was against who did he face in the final? Was it? Ibushi <laughs> and then Zach when he's won his two finals that was against Tanahashi the first time and Naito the second time. yeah I do that yeah um, yeah yep. taking the Japan out of the new Japan yeah car, <laughs> the new Japan Puck. yeah yeah well, listen, we're a Western-based New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. You know, that's what we do. Oh, right, silly. Well, Damon, you're, you're sticking your colours to the wall and you're saying a Osprey-Finley final. I'm saying a Sanada-Finley final. So you when go. you next hear from us, listeners, next week, you're going to see uh, both of us being incorrect as we have a <laughs> Tetsuya Naito versus Shota Umino final to look forward to. So, Certainly. Uh, look forward to that. <laughs> no doubt. All right. That's all from me. It's yeah. bedtime. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Discord link. You can get it by sending me a direct message on Twitter. Um, sorry if I keep bumping the microphone because Esther is now sitting on my lap and wriggling around a lot. At Cobra Kawaii and prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super j cast. Big thank you to editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at Hero 9 Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Uh, wish Esther and Mally a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Esther. Happy birthday. How old are you today? Yeah, we had an argument yesterday because I was telling her she was three years old and she was going, no, five years old. I saw that. Uh, but I've won. She's relented and she's accepted that she's three. So... Yeah. Uh, Score one for Joel. Another victory lap for me. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.